This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 6th of March. I'm Emily Wither. And I'm Laura Cook. A ceasefire to save civilians falls apart in Ukraine. What of course this is illustrating is the method of warfare that the Russians have resorted to. And Putin warns that the sanctions on his country amount to a declaration of war. Putin really has thrown the dice and made one hell of a gamble. And I think at the moment he's nowhere near being willing or able to accept that he's lost. The Times Daily World Briefing. In Ukraine, residents are increasingly trapped by fighting. In the southern city of Mariupol, some 400,000 residents are trying to get out. And there'll be another attempt to evacuate them from the city on Sunday, after a ceasefire there fell apart the day before. Moscow and Kyiv blamed each other. General Lord Dannett, a former chief of the general staff and head of the British Army, told Times Radio that yesterday's failure for the ceasefire to hold in two cities for five hours is a cynical move by the Russians. One has to presume that some form of agreement had been reached previously and there was a widespread expectation that there would be a pause in the shelling of Mariupol to allow people to leave and and it didn't happen. I mean, that's a tragedy compounding uh, another tragedy. But what what of course this is illustrating is the method of warfare that the Russians have resorted to. It comes as the World Health Organization confirms there has been several attacks on healthcare centers in the country, which has led to multiple deaths and injuries. Overnight bomb attacks reportedly hit residential areas in Chernihiv, north of the capital Kyiv. And there has been heavy bombardments centered on Irpin on the northern outskirts of the Ukrainian capital. But in a televised address on Saturday evening, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky told Ukrainians that their determination and unity will expel Russian forces. Our people, our Ukrainians, do not retreat, do not give up, do not stop the resistance. They shout to the occupiers, go home, like a Russian ship. They drive them away from our territory. British military intelligence has said that the scale and strength of Ukrainian resistance continues to surprise Russia. John Spencer is the chair of urban warfare studies with the Madison Policy Forum. He told Times Radio that whilst Russian forces are dangerous, he was surprised by the lack of logistical planning. We have a saying that amateurs talk about tactics or fighting and professionals talk about logistics because you don't move a military without knowing how to do logistics. I mean, they have tires that are falling apart, vehicles running down, vehicles running out of gas. That convoy stalled for almost a week now. That's ridiculous. He thought his military was something that it wasn't. But these are demoralized troops. They're falling apart upon contact. Meanwhile, Russian warships have been seen in the Black Sea. Louise Callahan, correspondent for the Times of London, is in the port city, Odessa. At the moment, there's assaults going on on several fronts, but he's really, really pushing very hard um, uh, westwards with this with this assault going from kind of the Crimea area across mm. the south. And then there's also the fear that he will launch a massive amphibious invasion at the same time, so like a multi-pronged assault on the south. 
Seeking to mediate, Israeli Prime Minister Neftali Bennett met President Putin at the Kremlin on Saturday and later spoke to Zelensky. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan is expected to talk with the Russian president on Sunday. Ukrainian negotiators say there'll be a third round of ceasefire talks with Russia on Monday, although that's not been confirmed by Moscow. Russian President Vladimir Putin has reiterated that he wants a neutral Ukraine that had been, quote, demilitarized and denazified. He also says the sanctions imposed on his country are akin to a declaration of war. He warned any attempt to impose a no-fly zone in Ukraine would lead to catastrophic consequences for the world. Visa and MasterCard have become the latest companies to suspend services in Russia. MasterCard says cards issued by Russian banks will no longer work, nor will its Russian cards issued outside the country. Same with Visa. Mark Galliotti is an associate fellow at Geostrategy Rusi and a former advisor to the Foreign Office. He says Putin could face an uprising if he doesn't take responsibility for his actions in Ukraine. Once the fact of the war not being successful begins to become clear, does Putin, as he has in the past, blame the people responsible, rather than actually sort of taking responsibility himself, blame his generals or his defence minister, which might lead to a pushback? It's when a security apparatus itself begins to, to fall apart, that's when a regime becomes vulnerable to coups from the top or protests from the bottom. The International Monetary Fund is warning the conflict will have a severe impact on the global economy, driving up energy and grain prices. The institution says it's weighing up Kyiv's request for $1.4 billion in emergency financing as early as this week. On the way, increasing numbers of Ukrainians escape the country and against all odds, Ukrainian athletes are winning medals in Beijing. The Times Daily World Briefing. Across the country, there's been remarkable acts of defiance after Russian forces have rolled into towns and cities. This is the port city of Kherson. It's the first significant urban center to fall into the hands of Russian troops, and residents there didn't give them a warm welcome. After Russian forces occupied the regional administration building, thousands took to the streets, shouting, Russians go home, holding Ukrainian flags and their cell phones. Videos show Russian troops firing into the air to try and stop the approaching crowd. Ukraine! Ukraine! Protests against Russia have taken place globally. From London to Chile to Paris. What you can hear there was a demonstration in Israel. The jailed Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny called for worldwide protests against the war on Sunday, with many more planned, including in Washington. It's now thought 1.5 million refugees have fled Ukraine. Many are going to Poland, but Ukraine shares a border with a number of other countries and refugees are also arriving in Hungary, Romania, Slovakia and Moldova. Numb with exhaustion and pushing a bright pink pram, Galea walked over the border from Odessa to Moldova. So I'm scared as well, like at night I should like wake up and I'm, try and, and I'm trying to cover my baby uh, with my body 
Um, so we didn't have any uh, explosions in this village, but uh, I'm going to run to Poland. The UN Refugee Agency says around 160,000 people have been internally displaced and estimate the number of refugees could swell to 4 million by July. Just to put that into perspective, during Europe's refugee crisis in 2015, just under a million arrived on Europe's shores during the whole year. And for Ukrainians at one border crossing in Poland, a German pianist has tried to bring a moment of joy. Known as Piano Man, David Martello also brought his instrument to the eastern Ukrainian city of Donetsk in 2014, when Russians had occupied a government building. Moving away from Ukraine now to Australia and its most populous city, Sydney, which has been drenched in rain for days. And its residents are bracing for more heavy downpours as flooding across the country's east has now killed 17 people. The issue was summed up by one local resident. The last three months we've just reached absorption point on the water, on the land, so it can't, it can't take any more water. That's one of the biggest problems we have at the moment. Just a very wet summer. A wild weather system has dumped more than a year's worth of rainfall over a week in southern Queensland and northern New South Wales, bringing widespread destruction, leaving thousands of people in the states displaced and sweeping away property, livestock and roads. And experts warn a new weather system could bring another round of heavy rains, raising the risks of flooding. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. And finally, Kane Reeves brings us news from the Paralympics in Beijing, where Ukraine is doing particularly well. The first day of the Winter Paralympics in Beijing saw Ukraine claim three gold medals. Ukrainian athletes claimed seven medals in total on the opening day. The country sits second in the table behind host China, who has 16 to their name, including six golds. But it was Ukraine who caught the imagination on Saturday, with Grigory Vovchinsky winning in the men's sprint standing event to go with the gold he won in Sochi in 2014. He said he prepared for the race by thinking about his country, about his people and about his president. Oksana Shishkova then won the women's sprint vision impaired before Vitaly Lukyanenko led a Ukrainian 1-2-3 in the men's event to claim Ukraine's third gold. There are 20 Ukrainian athletes competing in Beijing. They were all given a warm reception into the Bird's Nest Stadium for Friday's opening ceremony. The Russian Paralympic Committee and Belarus are banned from competing. The Paralympics in Beijing is on for nine days with the final rounds of events on Sunday the 13th of March. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Sunday, the 6th of March. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.